Hey, you, you want to see something really scary? What's your favorite scary movie? I'm going to scare the hell out of you. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. They're coming to get you, Barbara. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Welcome to Fright Night. Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Shad. This week we're covering 1980s Alligator. Beneath the streets. It's 36 feet long. It weighs over 2,000 pounds. And it's about to break out. We're looking at the one who saw it. And it was big. You said it was dark. Now, perhaps you're mistaken. half that size would starve in a week. He kept coming up with some garbage about alligators in the sewers. Alligators in the sewers? Once it escaped, there was no way to stop it. The public is my job. It could be anywhere. There he is. Ready to attack at any moment. I've seen what this animal can do. You'd better take all the help you can get. Believed it. Now, no one will forget. Alligator. This is the first time I've ever seen this film. Yay, good for you. <laughs> you get to experience it for the first time. Yes. And this, this movie checks off all kinds of boxes. Yeah, I. Yeah, I know it was, like, a thing to, like, have crazy, you know, creatures. Not even creatures, just, like, regular animals that become, like, or reptiles or whatever, whatever category, and becomes, like, crazy enlarged, you know. Obviously, we know that there was, like, ants and, you know, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Them, thank you. That's what I was thinking. Them. Yep. Um Giant ants. That's one of my favorites. I love that movie so much. Because, like, you know, they just built giant-ass ants. Okay, they don't look great, but they just built some big-ass ants and were just walking them around. So, 
Nowadays, it would just be CGI, but back then, they were like, let's build about a dozen giant ants and just chase people around with them. Well, also, Ants, the animated film, that that's the scariest film that I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because it has Woody Allen in it. Exactly. <laughs> Which is why I was like, oh, that horror film, Ants, <laughs> wink, <laughs> them. So this film was fun. I'm just going to go straight to the point. It was fun. It was a fun film. It was a fun, you know, it it was, there was some parts of it that it was like, man, you know, I can't sit here and be like, oh, it, it just looks so horrible. Like, it, it's of its time. Like, I'm not, ex- hello, yeah. you know, you, a lot of people now would not be able to appreciate that kind of film because they're, they would probably, their first thing is like, oh, the CGI and this sucks. And it was like, there was no CGI. Like, this is, like, either someone doing fucking camera tricks, you know, and... There's a few scenes of this that I'm pretty sure they just used a small alligator and just built up bigger or smaller sets around him to make it look like... You can tell there's a few of them. He's just walking around in what looks like a a Hot Wheels car set. Yeah. Walking around. But this, hey, you know, it mostly looks pretty good, to be honest. It is mostly pretty good. Some films still use those techniques today. That's how they did Elf. Yeah. Like, you know, so it, but it, it just, it looks really funny. It's just so hilarious. I would have loved to actually have seen this like a drive-in. That yeah. would have been, this is a great drive-in movie. Uh, the ex- One of the extra features on the uh, Blu-ray from Shout Factory is that it has a lot of the uh, like advertising materials for it. And like 90% of the ads were for it with, uh, at drive-ins with other movies like they were out at the time like there was one that was this and motel hell like that would be a crazy mm. double feature to see oh yeah i mean they're very different kind of movies but you know they just both happen to come out at the same time and it's like man that'd been great to go see these two crazy things in the theater i would have had or the drive-in rather a freaking blast oh yeah here i saved a couple of them i found one of them was a uh triple feature this is a odd bill it was alligator the Legend of the Lone Ranger, and Happy Birthday to Me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I would have loved to have gone seen Alligator and Happy Birthday to Me. Yeah, that's an interesting combo there. Or a uh, trilogy. But yeah, um, so this movie, one of the things that I, I like about this uh, Blu-ray is that uh, Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad, Malcolm in the Middle, everything, was apparently a PA on this movie. He did special effects work. He stuffed the alligator full of blood so that when they blow it up at the end of it, like even he says something, spoiler alert, the alligator blows up. But you knew that was going to happen anyhow because he wasn't going to ride off into the sunset. No. But he was one of the guys that was making uh, fake blood and alligator guts and stuffing it inside the alligator all the t- for the most of the shoot. And uh, he talks about how, you know, he had a great time working on it because it was the first time he had done anything like that. And, he got to talk to Robert Forrester and, you know, have, you know, like a real, like, nice interaction with him. And then, God, I guess what was Breaking Bad, like, 33 years later, they got to work together on Breaking Bad when it was, like, Cranston was the main guy and he was the supporting character. Yeah. And uh, how, you know, he talked to Robert Forrester about it and he was like, yeah, I don't remember talking to you at all in that movie. <laughs> I mean, Brian it was Cranston. a long time ago, but that was like his one on the perspective. Like his that was his moment. Yeah, you know, oh, he were you know, I had a conversation with him, and and then the other guy's like, 
I don't have no recollection. He was like, I just talked to a special effects guy. I don't really remember you. But even Brian Cranston said, that, that's fair. I can't expect him. It was a big thing for me, but it was to him, it was just some guy he talked to in the car on the way over to the set, and that was it. Well, my love for Robert Forrester obviously stems from him being Max Cherry, which a huge Jackie Brown fan. Yeah. And that might be Tarantino's best movie, to be honest. I agree, because I agree. Um, And watching him in this movie, I was just, like, taken aback, okay? Because I was like, oh, I'm, like, I was all about him in Jackie Brown. Like, way after the fact, you know? Yeah, it was like, Jackie Brown was, like, 97. (laughs) This is, like, almost 20 years later. Yeah, 20 years later. That's the Robert Forrester I was into. Um, (laughs) And, of course, you know, he's... uh, a Lynch favorite being into of uh, Lynch things. So, and I, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, I remind him from Mulholland Drive because I... Oh, I know. You don't care for Mulholland Drive. I sure... Well, I don't care for most... Oh, grab onto the pearls and your beer, okay? Because... Or both. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a Lynch fan. <laughs> No, I think we all know. <laughs> have, I, have I mentioned that before? <laughs> you may have, yes. I don't I don't know. We don't really talk about... There's some things that are yay and some things that are an A. The majority of his things are an A for me. They, they're they just... I, let's not get into that. That's a whole other podcast. Okay. So, the Anti-Lynch podcast. <laughs> so I think the reason why this one stands like above the other films in the same category it's because of the screenplay which you have john sales doing the screenplay then the following year hall of the hauling like yeah you know and he sunshine state like he's done so like his bill is just his credits are crazy because he wrote the, the original piranha and then they used the exact same screenplay for that remake they did in the 90s with William Catt. And someone else was in that, I can't remember who, but William Catt was the main guy in the 90s remake. They just used the same screenplay, I think. They didn't even bother to change it much. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he also wrote some other, like, the Battle Beyond the Stars, which also sticks out to me because it's the only time there's ever been a movie with a character named Shad in it. And mm-hmm. I have to hang on to that one because as a little kid who never found his name in the gift shop on the license plates or any of the little shot glasses or anything... When I saw that movie and the main character was named Shad, I was like, this is the greatest movie ever made right here. This is it. And it was not the greatest movie ever made, obviously, because it was a Roger Corman ripoff of Star Wars and The Magnificent Seven. So that, you know that was not going to be great when Corman was doing it. I'm going to tell you right now that that sounds pretty magnificent to me. <laughs> so the combo between Robert Forrester, his, obviously, co-star, Robin Riker, no relation to the fictional character, Riker... Um, Marissa Kendall, that's what I think of when I hear that name, um, Marissa Kendall and the screenplay, you have a bit of magic because it's, it is smartly written for that kind of, yeah. it could have been way dumbed down, you know, yeah, dialogue wise. Movies are not as, you know, they don't put as much thought into them. No. And this was directed by Louis Teague, who among other things is, uh, pretty famous for doing, uh, Cat's Eye and Cujo from Stephen King. He's one of the few guys out there that's made multiple Stephen King adaptions. I will have to say that it should have done my alert, alert, or, you know, some kind of wee, wee, wee at the beginning. But we haven't really gotten into the meat. If you are a lover of animals, 
So hopefully everyone. <laughs> no, if you're like really sensitive about animal violence and anything like that, this is not the film for you. It, yeah, the opening of it gets pretty graphic it's with stuff. Fucking tough. Like yeah. I I was like, why did you make me watch this? I was a little upset. And I'm not not that I'm not sensitive about that kind of stuff. I just wasn't expecting it to be that graphic. Cause yeah. it, I mean I feel like there was no cutaways. There was no I mean it looked it was right there. It was right there for all to see. But so yeah, I did not care for that. And I'm not talking about the uh, journey of the baby alligator down <laughs> the toilet <laughs> into the sewer. <laughs> now, in other things that might upset people, people that are upset by children dying in movies might also be upset by this movie. Oh yeah, I was going to get to the kid. I'm pretty sure this is also a movie that scarred a generation of kids wanting to jump into pools because. Something very bad. Well, I mean, it's called alligators. You can guess what's going to happen to the kid who gets... They make walk the plank into the pool because they're all dressed as pirates. Man, it did not end well for that kid because he was just like a little chicken McNugget for that alligator. Yeah, He's like 30 feet long. No, I'm kind of mad. Like, the alligator is like, that's not... No nutritional value in that at all. It's like a chewing gum. What what are you doing, alligator? Like, come on. You just need a little snack to munch up. Also, no, I I do have a grievance with this film. And I take it to the fucking alligator, sir, (laughs) ma'am. What, his name was Ramon? Equal, Ramon. Okay, yes, I'm sorry. How could I forget? How <laughs> could I forget the name? He was a Spanish alligator. What the hell? <laughs> he was in the streets of Chicago just trying to make it. Which is weird because... Go ahead. I'll, we'll get to that in a minute. So Ramon, okay, he was a bastard because he, I feel like, only liked to eat the dead, the, the dogs, The you know? He didn't care about really the humans. He just munched on them. Like... Like, nothing. Like, I'm going to take a bite, snap, snap, and then whatever. Now I know this is obviously, you know, a real animal. This is not some, it's not like a critter or something. So maybe we have to stick to, like, what an alligator would really do in that situation. Kind of like a shark. Like, a shark's not out there eating people. It's going to, it thinks you're one thing, and it chews on you, and then it just lets you fucking go. It's not, you're not, it's food. Yeah, you're not the thing that it's really looking for. You know, so maybe that's... The whole thought, but t- behind the alligator, not and really. But I think what it really comes down to is... I feel they, like the alligator is all about meat anyways. It doesn't matter what kind of meat it is. I feel like what it really comes down to is they didn't have the budget to show the alligator swallow everybody whole. So they had to just do it a few times to show it just exactly how gruesome it was going to be. And then after that, they were like, okay, you get it now. The rest of the people can just get bit and thrown around. Quite a few people get beat to death by the alligator's tail. Yes, there is a lot of tail action. Um, a lot of people get... And that scene where... Because there's one predominant scene where the tail... A lot of people... Yeah. A lot of guests... When the, when the alligator crashes the wedding. That's, you know, the best wedding ever. Yeah, Honestly. I mean, look... I mean, it's not the ad- best wedding, but it's the, the coolest best wor- wedding. The best worst wedding. <laughs> If you thought the weddings on Game of Thrones were fucked up, this one happened even worse because these people didn't even know what was going on. They're just having a nice wedding, and next thing you know, the alligator's there smashing everything with his tail, eating the shit out of people. It's bad times. So, synopsis. Little girl 
she uh, goes to Florida, of course, because why wouldn't you go to Florida for this? Does she go to Florida? I don't think she went to Florida. That's that's still up in the air. Is it is it stated that she specifically went? We're assuming that it's Florida because it looks like Gatorland, right? It would have to be Florida or Louisiana. I know, but they took a car from Florida to Missouri, like. But then, I, but wait a second. But then they weren't in Missouri. Then they That's ended up in Chicago. Somehow, like at the beginning of the movie, they show him crossing into the thing that says "Welcome to Missouri," which I've seen that sign many times. That's a real sign. And then they show him going home there. But then later, the movie's set in Chicago. So I, I feel like they kind of like at some point something got changed in the screenplay and they just forgot about it. Now, for all of you that are like, and this is not a spoiler because this movie's old as fuck, but for you guys that are like, okay, the Marissa uh, Kendall, whatever her name is, I'm sorry, Marissa Kendall, when she gets older, Maybe she moved from Missouri because it's the little she's the little girl in the movie that drops it. But how the alligator the the grievance yeah. is the alligator the yeah. alligator swing through the fucking sewer so, from Missouri to Chicago wherever and they got also the coincidentally sorry I didn't mean to cut you off because this just popped in my mind coincidentally that's where she was like hey. I'm gonna leave uh, good old Missouri and I'm gonna go to Chicago wink like. She, unbeknownst to her... Just happened to end up in the same city that her alligator got flushed down with. Best friends. So, yeah. So, the little girl, they went back home to Missouri. And the alligator annoyed the father one day. So, he flushed it down the toilet. And we've got the old urban legend of the alligators in the sewers from this happening. But they were supposed to be in Missouri, I'm assuming, because they drove in there. Or else someone thought Chicago was in Missouri, one or the other. Maybe somebody really Maybe bad there's in a Chicago maybe in Missouri, <laughs> Chicago, Chicago there's a Missouri Chicago, Missouri. <laughs> I don't think so. But maybe it's a fictional place. It is a movie. So then later on they're in the movie and you see uh that she is there and she's like a leading reptile specialist now. She's a herpetologist and they have to go talk to her about the alligator. She's like, Yeah, I had a little alligator when I was a kid that got flushed down the toilet. Ramon. Or, these are two separate things. Her alligator went down the toilet in Missouri, and she just happened to move to Chicago, where someone else had flushed an alligator down a toilet. Which, it's like, then why did you go through the whole... And that's where... The, my second grievance. I thought we were going to have kind of like um a ben, a ben situation. A reconciliation where the gator was going to look at her and be like, I remember you. Yeah, she took good care of me. And uh, I love you. There was going to be a moment because they went out of their way to, they could have just had the story. Okay, the little girl dropped it down the fucking toilet. And then we move forward 12 years to the future. And these are just the repercussions of that drop. It didn't have to be that it was that little girl that grew up to be out of all fucking things. A herbatologist, which I already told you, they kind of planted that seed in the beginning when she was watching at Gatorland, quote unquote, yeah. she was watching uh, Gator uh, World. She was watching a wrestling thing that was going to happen with the Gator, and yep. the Gator fucked up the guy and fucking bit his fucking leg off. And Which, uh, she said, "Has happened at Gatorland. The yeah. Gatorland wrestling does not always go well." And she, like, at twelve years old or thirteen years old, because she's a teenager, even though she does not look like a teenager, but. 
She's like, if they just laid it on its back, it would fall asleep. Just rub his, lay it on his back and rub his belly. He'll go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, so. That was their way of saying, like, wink. She knows a lot about reptiles. Which, to me, she looked like she was, like, nine at the time. Nine or ten. And then 12 years later, she's about 30 and she has advanced degrees in herpetology. So she must have been really smart. That's how fucking good she was. She was fucking Doogie Howser of her time. Yep. That's it. Or during the uh, same time as Doogie Howser. And I kept thinking, too, that somehow, like right at the very beginning of the movie, you see Robert Forrester going to the pet store and buying a dog because he's lost one. And I thought uh, his dog was going to, he was going to find his dog like in the sewer at some point and be like, oh, no. It was my dog. They did kidnap it and put it down in the sewer. And But no, that never came into play either. He just randomly bought this dog, and we see the dog in his apartment a few times, and that's about it. Um, so the basic plot of it is, like you said, the alligator gets flushed down the toilet, and besides just becoming a you know an alligator living in the sewers, because someone put a little thought there, like, well, he wouldn't have enough sunlight, and he couldn't grow to full size, because even in, even in zoos, they don't grow to full size. And they were like, but what if an evil drug company was experimenting with growth hormones on dogs? And then when they were done, instead of, I don't know, throwing them in the incinerator that all these places have. They don't, yes. They would just (laughs) give them to the sleazy pet store guy who's driving around abducting dogs. And he would just take them and throw them into the sewer. And the little alligator has been eating the apparently for 12 years he's been eating all these like dogs they've been doing these experiments for a long time and then he would grow to amazing size too so we saw the character sleazy guy drive in his van right with the uh dogs and the cages and then this is the other part that fucking killed me in the movie and then the the scientist guy's like whatever dispose of the dogs and he's taking the black garbage bags the <laughs> what i call the serial killer bags right he's taking these fucking huge ass hefty bags and dumping them putting them in a shopping cart this is the part that was just like no you're gonna tell me that that little man the, he looked like like the penguin Okay. Yeah, he's like Danny DeVito sized. Yeah, and just like oddly shaped and just like a sleaze ball. He looks like a fucking total sleaze ball. He looks the guy who would be running the porn store, not the pet store. Ew. Um, Am I wrong though? No, you're not wrong. He he was wearing a chain. I'm sorry, guys. If any of you are listening that you wear a chain, I'm just not into men that wear like jewelry, like especially like a chain, <laughs> like a like a Guido chain. I'm sorry. That's also I'm a New Yorker. Can we just say that and just go move on? <laughs> um, so it was Robert Forrester. Wink. Another reason why I love the men. Uh, so he went and he picked up. The shopping cart, the metal shopping cart. It's not a fucking plastic one from Kmart. The metal shopping cart. Put it in his van. Okay, so now you have a shopping cart that's just going all over the fucking place. No, that didn't happen. He didn't drive this shopping cart full of fucking dead uh, dog parts down to the fucking river. You know, to the where the fucking sewer opening was. He literally... <coughs> this is the part I'm just like, this is unbelievable. He was supposed to be incognito at the place, okay? But then here's a Guido with a shopping cart full of fucking plastic bags leaving the premises, the facilities, okay? 
going down God knows how far this is from the actual like entrance, the canal entrance or whatever the hell, and then dumping the bodies there. No one noticed. And he did this probably like every two weeks maybe, once a month. He did it for a long time. No one noticed this man going to the hospital with this dead old body parts. Now, grant you, fine. No one knew they probably had body parts in there, but they were big-ass garbage hefty bags, a whole shopping cart filled. attracted attention. Come on. Come on, guys. Come on. That's unbelievable. That's There's some thought occurs and then shit like that happens in the movie and i'm just like i can't draw my head around that it's just no way but like in all movies of course evil corporation has his fucking hand in the fucking cookie jar too because he has the they have the mayor in his pocket murders are occurring all around the fucking city they thought it was a serial killer at first then there's another sleazeball journalist that's like after robert forrester's character who's trying to like you know, he's trying to get, like, in the spotlight so he can get a fucking promotion or whatever the fuck that guy's fucking, you know, he's a sleazy journalist, so that's, yeah, like, his whole thing. papers, you know. Which, by the way, one you of the papers... You gotta sell the papers, eh? Yeah, one of the papers that they show on this with the headlines of, like, people being killed is the fucking Daily Bugle. Yes. Now, come on, guys. No, like, <laughs> that was a little wink, you know, we love moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, Robert Forrester, they start finding body parts floating up in the, uh, the sanitation departments where they're, you know, treating the water. They start finding body parts and that's where he, you know, they think it's a serial killer. So he starts going and looking in the subway or I'm sorry, the subway, the uh, sewer, see if he can find this, you know, where there's more body parts or something. And that's where they find the alligator. Cause of course, Robert Forrester, he's kind of the, uh, he's kind of the dirty Harry in this universe where every time he gets a partner, they get killed. So you wonder, like, why does anybody work with him? Because everybody seems to die as soon as he gets him as a partner. But, yeah. That guy who, you know, says, I'll just get in my boots and come on down the sewer with you. We'll look for the alligator. Let me just put some uh, chewing tobacco in first and go on down. You knew he was going to die right away because he was too eager. He was too willing to go in and help. It's like, no, he's not making it out of this alive. The movie doesn't... I feel like go out of its way to be too crazy and extreme with like the um, writing and like the characters acting like Robert Forrester. Like he's playing that fucking deadpan. Like he's, yeah. this is it. Everyone's like true to what's going on. Like the fucking captain. Like is like, I felt like I was watching like NYPD blue. Um, because you mean, you mean captain eyebrows? Yes. Captain eyebrows. Yeah. That guy looked like somebody had taken two giant caterpillars and just glued him to his above his eyes because man he had the craziest eyebrows but he was mad believable though yeah um it like i don't want to say a borderline's drama like dramatic but i mean robert forrester character he he gets fired yeah like it's serious in here this is yeah. not just some like oh he whatever played pretty serious too i mean he took the whole thing it was no one of those things where he's like winking at the camera through the whole thing no he took it seriously yeah no that i think that's what and also, let, let's talk about Robert Forrester's smooth way with the ladies in this movie. <laughs> because he's got the great line in this, where he tells the Robin Riker's character, you know, I could pick you up, we could go on this date, and through the whole date, I'll be wondering, is she going to come back to my place and have sex with me? Is she going to come back to my place and have sex with me? That'll just be going through my head all night. So why don't we just settle it now? Are you going to come back to my place and have sex with me? Just tell me now. That way it's not going through my head all night. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to come back to your place and have sex with you. He's like, well, let's just do it now then. Hey, it worked too. 
Sometimes the ladies like the honesty, I guess. I can't with that. <laughs> yes, it's definitely a movie of its time. It was consensual. Yes. <laughs> and then I love the part where later he's telling her his like emotional story about how he lost one of his partners. And she leans her head on him. He's like, don't try to change me, baby. And she gets all like... <laughs> no, he says, don't try to understand me. That's right, because I'm an enigma. Don't you try to understand me, woman. Yeah, he got real mad and she just huffed away because he just was like, I don't need no bitch. Get out of my face. But you know what? He came the next day to her house where she still lives with her mother, met her mother, had coffee and a little bit of breakfast with her mother, and then went upstairs and had sex with the daughter and made up with her while the mom stayed downstairs. <laughs> that man's got it going on. I feel like he also winked at the mom when he was like, thanks for my coffee, wink. You know what we're going to go do? Yeah. Pretty clear what's <laughs> Maybe you need here. to be tending the gardens or whatever. You do you, boo. Like <laughs> Get on outside because it's going to get loud up in here. <laughs> oh, what a gem. It was so fun. Yeah, this was a great film. And it's a shame that this has been unavailable for so long. Um, I guess there was a it was a well, was a Blu-ray of it a few years ago. It was one of those really hard to find out of print ones, and that's where they got the commentary from because Louis Teague and Robert Forrester do a commentary on this, and they report they ported it over for this uh, Screen Factory release. But yeah, this is one of those ones that I feel like more people would be talking about if it had been available more because it kind of it was on cable forever, and then it was. It might have been on VHS, but I don't think it ever made it to DVD because I don't remember seeing it. Because I would have probably bought it on DVD when it came out back at the time, you know. Florida Connection. Yes. An actual Florida Connection. Ramon, mechanical Ramon. Yeah, it was donated to the <laughs> University of Florida. Yep, they used him as their gator for a long time, apparently at games. Yeah, that's so. So there is some kind of Florida connection. Yep. Besides the fact that they're in the show, going to fake Gatorland, which if you don't know what we're talking which about, which is not, there is a, a place <laughs> here just called Gatorland. Shockingly, large alligator out front that you walk through, and it is just a like park full of alligators. You can watch them feed the alligators, wrestle the alligators. Uh, you can zip line over the alligators. That's right. If you feel real saucy and you want to take a chance on a zip line over the alligators, you can do that. Nope. Nope. Yeah, I don't feel like being dropped into I, the alligator. It's going to take... It only has to happen once before that's it. You know, you're going into the alligators. That's it. You know they're just waiting for the day. They've been like fucking tourists just walking around looking at us. One of them's going to get in this lake one day and I'm going to eat that son of... Oh, he just fell off the zip line. That's it. I would, I'm not going to say I would hope, but maybe the alligators they keep in that area don't have teeth. No. <laughs> no, they're not, they're not, they're not out there capping the alligator's teeth. No, I'm saying because, you know, I'm sure they take like rescues and stuff like that. Maybe those are like the alligators that are either blind or they don't have any teeth, you know, and like in that specific section where they're doing that. I, I don't think that they would... Y- they do. No, it's... I assure you, You know what? <laughs> like, the New York side of me is like, no, man, that's not a thing. That just sounds so stupid. And the other part of me is like, 
Uh, you in Florida. So that's a thing. Get used to it. It's definitely a thing. <laughs> Somebody leave a comment because I know someone out there is going to know. Mind you, we've been to Gatorland. Yeah. And I have no idea. But you know why we don't have this information? Because we ain't crazy. I'm not getting on the zip line over the Gators. No nope. Thanks. Nope. Mm-mm. No, I was fine to watch the other people do it and then look away because I did not want to see anyone fall in there. Uh, someone else that's in this movie to talk about is uh, the city hires a uh, big game hunter to come in and take care of the alligator. And the big game hunter is uh, Henry Silva, who you'll know from everything from the 70s and 80s. Besides being in this, he's been in things like uh, Chained Heat, Sharky's Machine, uh, Megaforce, Escape from the Bronx, uh, The Cannonball Run. He's even been in a John Waters movie. He was in Lust in the Dust. Uh, Alan Quartermain. He's been in everything. But the most amazing thing that he's ever been in. Uh, to us. To us, anyhow. And probably to other people as well. Is he was the host of Bullshit or Not on the, in the movie Amazon Women for the Moon. Where they have solved the mystery of the Loch Ness Monster. Or, I'm sorry, of Jack the Ripper by determining that he was, in fact, the Loch Ness Monster. That's why no one ever caught Jack the Ripper, because he was the Loch Ness Monster. And no one ever caught the Loch Ness Monster. That's right. That's maybe my favorite thing ever is when they were like, in this bullshit reenactment, and they show the Loch Ness Monster dressed in the, like, Sherlock Holmes He's outfit. He's dressed in the Sherlock Holmes outfit. And the, the old-timey prostitute sees him, oh, you're a big one, aren't you, love? It is the best. I remember watching that as a, a little girl, and I'm like, this is so fucking funny. Yeah, he was the host that. He plays the big game hunter who is, takes his rifle just walking around the streets of Chicago with a... Uh, oh, he's back uh, in Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago, St. Louis, wherever the hell they are. So not only was he, let's just say he was in Chicago, not only is he hunting game there, but he was also hunting an alligator. Yeah. And so he's just walking around with his rifle... He hires some guys that he meets outside the liquor store. And he buys them some booze and is like, here you go, carry my gun for me. Because he's a big game hunter. He can't be bothered to carry his own rifle. He's got to have somebody do it for him. And then that goes about as well as you would expect. He he does not make it to the end of the film. Because, of course, somebody had to die to show you how good the alligator, you know, really was. Or, you know, how mean he really was. He was actually my favorite death in the film. It was yeah. his death. Man, because he just got swallowed up. Yeah, like, well, not that I wanted to see everyone get swallowed, but, yeah, he, he definitely got it. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, he passed away last year. Yeah, he was 95. Yeah, so he lived a full life. He had a good life, and he was in, like I said, you, it's hard to find some kind of series that he wasn't involved in. But, yeah, you know, and just on the flip side of this, we didn't cover this, but we watched a movie randomly the other night on something that was Crocodile that was directed by Toby Hooper. And, man, that is the exact opposite of this movie. Yeah, everything, yeah, it's really bad. Yeah. It, years later, and that, that CGI out, the crocodile they had in that movie, he wasn't even walking on the ground. Like, he was walking above the ground. Somehow he was hovering above it, just running. And, yeah, it's it's amazing how, like, the same, like, a director like Toby Hooper cranked out something that terrible. I was amazed. And even his crazy movies like Life Force have had, you know, great production value and crazy effects in them that were memorable. But this thing was, woo. So, yeah. I, Alligator, amazing. Crocodile, 
Not so much. I give Alligator 3 knives. Yeah, I was going to give it four myself because I love this movie. Damn, you gave it four knives. Yeah, okay. I love this movie. Okay, I'm not going to I'm not going to have any comments on your knives. Um, yeah, we watch a good amount for us of horror. Um, only because if we're not watching a horror film, then we're watching some like episodic bullshit thing. Yeah. Um, which is a lot, but you know, it's very time consuming. But yeah, we saw Sick as well. And it, I feel like the way, the reason why we skip a lot of movies that we don't watch, that we do watch, and we decide not to cover is because we just don't have like a good, like... It's just not enough. We watched it and we're like, that's okay. Yeah, and we know there's going to be like 9,000 other podcasts because unfortunately there's 9,000 other horror podcasts out there. So, I mean, no... Did you know digs to any other horror podcast? But there's just a lot of us. It would be cool just to be like one there of, would be five. One you know, of like forty. I was gonna say. Fine. I wanted. I really wanted to narrow it down to five, but fine. Not that we would even be in the top five. I, I wouldn't even know. But that that it it gets really broken down. Like what kind of horror podcast you are. Yeah. But nevertheless, um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of the movies that we you said we see these things and like with Sick, I you know I watched that and was like that's okay, but I don't have enough love or hate for it to want to talk about. There's some movies that I hate that I want to discuss. Why uh, all the reasons I despise them, like the Texas Chainsaw 3D. That's one of my favorite movies to show to people. I'm like let me tell you everything that is wrong with this movie and why it sucks so hard. So I love to do that one and be like this movie. This is why it pisses me off. Wow, that's really fucking strong. Yeah, I have strong feelings about that movie. I, I, I went would to have see never it. guessed. I went to see it and was angry the entire time. Damn. I wasn't expecting a masterpiece. But I was expecting something at least up to the level of Texas Chainsaw 3. <laughs> yeah, that was Blood Rain for me. The revival of the Evil Dead. I really hated that. hate this fucking sequel that's coming out to that. Uh just by the trailer. The, uh, combination smile conjuring movie. Yeah, it's terrible. I don't care what Bruce Campbell says. I love you, Bruce Campbell, but I well, know. he has to talk about it nicely. He's producing it. That's, well, that's what I'm saying. He's producing it, so he has to say it's the scariest Evil Dead that he's ever seen. I'm like, yes, that would be true because the other first two Evil Deads, in my opinion, are not scary at all. They're so campy, but that's why I love them. You know, it's like campy horror. It's not like you're terrified. I was never terrified when I watched those films. No, I was always amused. Oh yeah, super amused, and I and I loved it, and I ate every fucking bit of it. I feel like that's like the core of like you know Sam Raimi. But this fucking evil that obviously I know he doesn't have any real. He's just a producer too. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we do cover uh, Infinity Pool. So that I saw that. That was just hot trash. Well, the crickets on there, I could just hear them like they were all like chirping loudly. It was... I did not fucking like it. I did not like it. I just have to throw the cuss word in there. I just did not care for that film. It was just so... (sighs) There was a lot of layers. There was a lot of social commentary. Like, it was just... it It was an onion of a film. What I didn't like about it was it just... I don't know. I, 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 I don't want to get into it. But yes. we Not a I, fan of that one. I saw that. It's co- it's more complicated than that. It's a little more complicated. It probably would... I could just do a whole podcast on Infinity Pool by myself. 
Okay, and just it's just gonna be me just talking and like complaining about why you didn't like breaking it. it down, like breaking it the fuck down. I I understand it's Cronen a Cronenberg film. I know what I'm getting into. Like I know what's gonna there's gonna be body horror. Like that's the thing, right? I get it. I get it. But it's more than that, and I. I, yeah, I just, I would actually, there's an interview. Someone did an interview with him. I need to hear that fucking interview. And then I'm going to come back and then dish out some more, you know, of my feelings on that film. But yes. Um, and then we saw some other film too that I don't remember what it was, but it was just bad too. It was old, one of the old ones. Not the ones with the kid, which I feel like that movie's coming out. That um, all the children, that new children movie that's coming out where the children are killers. Something's wrong with the children. Yes, yes. Yeah, I don't, we didn't see that though. No, no, no. I know, but we saw that other film, that old movie where the kids. Oh, did... that was just called the children. Oh, the children. Okay, yeah. I don't remember the name of the movie. I erased it from my fucking mind because it was just so terrible. It was so bad. <laughs> okay. It was so bad. We didn't even finish that. That's how bad it was. We couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't digest it. Mm. But this film was so fun. So oh, I recommend yeah. it. <laughs> alligator <laughs> we got a little off track there but that's fine <laughs> they love it it's great thank you so much for joining us on another episode of jump scare oh jump scare count for this film before mm. we rush off i'm going to say one that was with the kid in the pool no no because i i wasn't i wasn't like oh it was when the um when the guy got it the cop guy the young guy oh at the beginning yeah yeah when it just kind of pops up on him yeah because um, the other kind of things they kind of telegraph what was going on but yeah when the cop guy at the very beginning but yeah that one kind of popped out and got him so yeah i'd say that's the only really big jump scare in it the rest of them are just you pretty much see what's going to happen well thanks so much and join us for another episode stay tuned to the horror and now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.